Hey, feisty friends, welcome to the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast, where each week we deliver trusted information for women who want to get the best from their bodies throughout their lives. Learn to feel and perform your best through our four pillars of performance, physiology, nutrition, mental health, and culture. I'm your host, Sarah Gross, and this is a Feisty Media production. Hey, feisty friends, are you ready for episode five? So one of the main things that I'm enjoying about the podcast so far is that we get to dig into the four pillars of performance, which are physiology, nutrition, mental health, and culture, while at the same time recognizing that ultimately we can't separate one from the other. So I love that like last week we get to talk to Kristen about all things nutrition, but really we're still talking about those culture pieces and the mental health pieces. And this week's interview sort of fits squarely in the culture pillar, I'd say, but we definitely sprinkle in some conversation about mental health and even physiology. As someone who's basically building a business, Feisty Media, on the very idea that we can create an empowering culture for active women, I I love talking to other activists and folks who have built things themselves um, and change makers, like today's amazing guest, Monica Garrison. Monica is the founder of Black Girls Do Bike, and wow, what an understated leader with such an impressive resume. I was a little taken aback at the beginning of the interview, I have to tell you, because I had not found her, Monica's photography and videography accolades ahead of the interview. I was really focused on Black Girls Do Bike and what that organization's doing. So it's crazy that she's built this organization with 103 chapters that is like 30,000 women strong, spans all the major U.S. cities, even reaching London, England, and she's done that in her spare time. Monica and I discuss everything from how she got started by leaning into her strength as a photographer, which I think is an amazing way to start any organization or business, her serial entrepreneurship, getting our kids motivated and out the door, and of course, how she's inspiring Black women to take up cycling. A couple of big takeaways for me, one was about why we need to create spaces for underrepresented groups so she's created a space for black women who want to ride bikes or at feisty we create spaces for women broadly like a culture and a community and also i think this this point is really important that like we're we often her organization or often we talk about helping other people so she's like while she is helping black women get more black women get on bikes and identify as cyclists I think it's also important to go okay but also how are black women shifting the culture of cycling for the better because you know we can use some shaking up over here Um, and I think it's always important to ask those questions as well. So feisties, I hope you will enjoy this episode with Monica Garrison as much as I did. As a lifelong runner and triathlete turned CrossFitter, I am stoked to announce that the athletic eyewear brand Tofosi Optics has joined us as a partner here at Feisty Media. Tofosi sports glasses hit all the marks for athletes. They are shatterproof poly bicarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance, which I 100% need. They stay in place when you are moving. The hydrophilic rubber nose pads actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they are secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in hot conditions. 
No matter what sport you do, Tofosi has shades for you. Whether you love tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, or just hanging out on the beach. They are super reasonably priced, which I love, so I can have multiple pairs that go with any outfit. And of course, feisty listeners get a special discount. So head on over to tofosioptics.com and use the code FM20. FM as in feisty media to get 20% off your order. That's FM20 at tofosioptics.com. I'll put a link in the show notes to make it easy for you. Building muscle can be tough and gains can be so slow, even for those of us who do a lot of strength training. As an ex-endurance athlete who is now in perimenopause, I know this all too well. It can be frustrating to put in the time in the gym and not see the results I'm looking for. That's why it's super important to take the right supplements at the right time. One of those supplements is essential amino acids, which are needed to trigger muscle protein synthesis. Muscle protein synthesis happens when you eat high quality protein like eggs or whey. And by supplementing with additional essential amino acids, you can make sure you are getting the full benefit of your training sessions. Targeted essential amino acid formulas can be up to four times more effective than just eating protein. I've been taking amino acids for almost a year, and in combination with eating quality protein and a couple other supplements, I have managed to turn the tides on age-related muscle loss, which starts at 30 for women, by the way, and I have continued to make strength gains as I head towards 50. AminoCo has been a longtime sponsor of Feisty Media and has supported all of our brands and podcasts over the years. I recommend starting with AminoCo Perform, and you can grab some at aminoco.com forward slash performance. If you enter the code performance, you will save 30% and receive a free gift if it is your first purchase. Give it a try and let me know how it goes. That's aminoco.com forward slash performance and use the code performance to save 30%. Hi, Monica. Welcome to the Women's Performance Podcast. Hi, how are you? Happy to be here. Yeah, we're so glad to be talking to you today. Um, okay, before we start, I, I wanted to ask you, like, who is Monica? Like, how would you Ooh. describe yourself? That's the big question, isn't it, right? <laughs> Sorry, I should have given you the heads up. Yeah, <laughs> no. Like, I always do this to people, just dive in with a biggie. <laughs> That's a big one. Um, I, I guess every at this age, I should know who I am, right? Um, but I will say, I, I like the mystery of exploring who I am. So, um, mm-hmm. but but if I were if I were uh, in a corner and I had to answer the question, I would say, uh, I'm a mom. I'm a uh, creative. I, I work uh, as a full-time photographer and videographer. Um, I enjoy um, traveling and uh, somehow cycling has uh, almost entirely taken over my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's a good thing because it's uh, brought lots of changes and uh, positive experiences to me. 
Yeah. And what, and I understand, like when I ask that question, like identity is this constantly evolving <laughs> thing, right? Like it's right. really hard to like, but I think I also had, I had a conversation with someone a few weeks ago about how as women it's, it's, or she finds in her practice because she's a mental health coach that women struggle more to, to like describe who they are than men do, which I thought was really interesting. So like, you know what, I got to start asking people like, yeah, who are you? So photography and videography, that's your full-time gig. Like what kind of work do you do there? Uh, I, I do a little bit of it of all. Uh, I, I guess i my focus is portraits and um, fashion photography, but I also have tried my hand at some weddings. I do weddings. I do events, uh, a little bit of everything. Um, yeah, I, I think any way I can express myself, I'm eager to try. So uh, if I had to narrow it down, it would be portrait and fashion. Yeah. What's your favorite project you've ever worked on? Oh, that's a good one. I, I love fashion shows. Um, and so there, there, there's a season of fashion shows that happen here in my city and um, kind of around the country, really. And those are always fun, mainly because they're a challenge. Like generally the lighting's not so great. And you've got these like women who have put a lot of time and energy into, and men for that matter, into looking their best. Mm -hmm. um, and you just want to capture that. And it's kind of, it's like, it's, it's chaotic and hectic at the same time. But, you know, if you can really focus and, and hone your skills, you can get some really quality images out of a, a good fashion show. So that's my favorite thing to do, I think. Yeah. Do you ever cross over your interest in bikes and your interest in photography and videography? Absolutely. Um, that's been one of the most rewarding parts of, um, of Black Girls Do Bike is that every time we have an event or a bike ride, um, I've got the camera, you know, on my hip and I'm snapping pictures. And so over the course of, you know, the eight or nine years that, that, that I've been at it, I have a really nice collection of images of you know, women enjoying cycling. And I think it kind of fuels the social media that, um, that I manage as well. So it, it's, uh, it's been nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was just thinking about like, you're okay. You're the founder of black girls do bike. And I, I want to talk about that more, but like, you know, the representation piece with like, we talk about that a lot with women in sport and people of color in sport. Like does that photography piece that you bring to it, does that help with the representation? I think so. I think I often talk about like before I started this and when I went online and I searched for cyclists and I got a bunch of images of people who didn't look like me. And when it, when there were women on bikes, you know, they were clearly models standing next to bicycles. Mm. They weren't really cyclists. Mm -hmm. um, and I, and, and at the time I was becoming a cyclist, but I knew like they weren't representative of who I was. Um, and probably most of the women I knew who were on bikes. So, so yeah, that's, that's been a big piece of crafting the imagery of black girls do bike and mm -hmm. making it appealing and welcoming um, and just showing women of all sizes and, and clearly all backgrounds um, who are actually riding their bikes. And so I've been able to take my love of, you know, you know, creating images and also capturing candid images. Mm -hmm. And um, like I said, I've got a pretty good collection of just really inspiring images of women and bikes. Mm -hmm. And is that was that the impetus to start Black Girls Do Bike? Like, was that sort of lack of representation that you saw when you Googled? Was that the starting point or what did it go back further for you? Yeah, it's so it was a combination of things. So I started riding my bike a lot and mm -hmm. I didn't see women on bikes mm -hmm. on the trails because I, you know, I was riding on the trails around Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. And so that was that was the initial 
like what what's going on? Where are these women? Why aren't they out here writing as well? Mm -hmm. And so I went online because I said, well, you know, the Internet is full of communities, you know, that have found like uh, mindedness and come together. So I was like, there must be this community here. I just haven't tapped into it. And then when I did search, uh, when I was looking for a bike and looking for a community, I didn't really find it. And so that was the that was the thing that made me take action and create the website, create the Facebook group and just kind of see see where it went. Right. And so then in those first like in those early days and weeks when you did take action, what was the response? What happened? I th I think I mean, the the it was a slow swell um, over <laughs> time, but I, I will say that I met all along the, the route um, from there to here. I met enthusiastic women who were like, this is great, you know, keep doing it. Um, and not just women. Like I, I, I remember I went to the national bike summit, like the next summer, um, well, it's in March, but I went the next year and folks had heard of black girls at bike and they knew who I was and they were extremely encouraging. Um, so I think it was just, it was just overall positivity from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what I expected, but I was happy to, you know, have that type of response from yeah. everybody I met. Yeah. And how many women do you have now in the group? You have, like, yeah. you have lots of groups all over the place. Am I right? About that? We do. Yeah. So at last count, and this was pretty recent, we have 103 chapters, Holy um, <laughs> which is, <laughs> yeah, which covers the, you know, pretty much every major city in the U.S. We've got yeah. a chapter there, um, but we also have a, a London chapter, which came to us late 2021. Mm -hmm. So now we can claim that we have, you know, international reach. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then as far as numbers, I think if I were to count at last count, we had about 30,000 women who were, you know, in our Facebook groups and, and engaging and um, clearly 30,000 of them aren't riding, but, but the goal is to, you know, get those women riding who are kind of on the sidelines watching wow. from the sidelines. So yeah, there it's, it's been, it's been an amazing ride, uh, no pun intended. And, and we're still growing. Like we, you know, we've added three chapters this year already. So yeah. um, there's no end in sight, really. That is incredible. That, I mean, that's a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just thinking, you know, we, we work a lot in, we create a lot of women's spaces, you know, we have groups online and sometimes we get pushback. Like, what about the men's space? Or where's the men, where's the men's race or whatever? Yeah. Like, why do you think it's important for women of color to have a place together? I, I think we serve two purposes. One is uh, I like to say that we're, we're kind of like, we get women past the barrier to entry into cycling. And then we encourage them to join the larger cycling community and find what, you know, what they enjoy the most. Um, so we don't want to like bring them in and keep them. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. We want them to explore. But secondly, secondly, um, I think being a woman of color, there's a certain, I guess the best word is ease that comes along with being with other women of color, mm -hmm. mostly because, you know, there's a shared sense of whether it be history or, or it's almost familial, the, um, the connection that we have. And so yeah. it's not to say that we can't take up other spaces because we certainly do, but there's, there's, um, there's a calmness and an ease that comes with being with other women of color. Um, maybe the way that we speak to one another or the experiences that we have in common and, or the challenges that we have, all those things um, make coming together productive and, and a positive experience for us. Yeah. How did you get into cycling? 
So as the story goes, <laughs> uh, the Black Girls Do Bike lore, uh, I was uh, in 2013, I um, just kind of found myself in a place where I needed to, I, I was in a rut, for lack of a better word, and I needed to change. I needed a change. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in an effort to lose weight, in an effort to relieve stress from a, a job, um, I started commuting by bike. And I thought, I could do this more. So then after work, I, you know, I would ride with my kids on the weekends. Um, I would ride as much as I really could. And like I said, in this course of like May, June, July, riding in, in my town, I didn't see many women of color on bikes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I found riding to be one of extremely relaxing for me mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and clearly I found that riding more often I was reaping benefits of regularly riding. I was discovering new things about my town that I, you know, wouldn't have noticed if I was in a car. Um, And then my kids were loving it that, you know, we found an activity that we could do together and they weren't worried about, you know, what they were missing on, uh, on their tablets when they were out riding their bikes. So that all those things, it was like the perfect storm almost. It kind of sparked in me this like, oh, this is a great activity. And I should do yeah. it more often because I, I enjoy it. Yeah. I wish we could bottle that interest and give it to my child. Who, who I, <laughs> right. I have trouble convincing. She loves karate, but I have trouble convincing her oh, to get cool. out. Yeah. It's good. They got to have something, right? But yeah. I would love if she took up cycling or running or something that we could just go out the door and do together. together you know? Yeah. It's, it's okay. My daughter now is, uh, she's in the skateboarding. Um, that's her new passion. So I'm, you know, I fully support it, but Mm -hmm. I I still like buy her these awesome bikes and I'm like, we should go riding, you know? And she's like, can we go skateboarding first? (laughs) Maybe they'll come back around. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm hoping. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Did you play sport as a child? Um, not like, I guess officially no, but I was, I was definitely a tomboy and I was definitely always, you know, playing basketball and football with my brother and his friends. And um, I enjoyed, you know, being outdoors and, and moving. So we, so on our podcast, our women's performance podcast, we talk about like female performance and four pillars. So one is physiology, nutrition, mental health, and culture. And so I'm wondering like for the cultural piece two there's two sides to this question, right? Okay. So first I want to ask, like, are there things that, um, we don't see necessarily like stereotypes and barriers that black women face in particular in cycling that you could talk about? Um, Yeah, there are several of them, I think. So if we focused on those that are unique to women of color, Mm -hmm. even black women specifically, because that's, you know, my experience. Mm -hmm. um, I think the first thing that always comes to mind is just lack of representation Um, most of us, there weren't women in our families who rode bikes when we were kids, you know, our Mm -hmm. mothers had long since stopped riding if they, if they ever did. Um, there wasn't in my community, there wasn't like, uh, a real presence of adults riding bikes. Um, and if they were, it was generally out of necessity and not, um, not because they wanted to. Um, and so, so when you don't see women riding bikes who look like you, I think, a lot of us just never make the connection that mm-hmm. it's, it's a thing we should consider. Mm-hmm. Um, and then beyond that, you always have women of color. We always talk about our hair 
um, mm-hmm. and how it can vary in size and, and texture from day to day sometimes. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a lot of women find it difficult to find a helmet that uh, that fits their needs mm-hmm. um, and actually allows them to safely ride because sometimes you can put a helmet on, but because of you know various things happening with your hair, the helmet may not fit in, in the proper way. So that's a that's a thing. Um, and then I just think, uh, you know, we clearly are, our community has issues with, you know, things re- or diseases related to um, obesity. And sometimes, you know, when you are a plus size person and you are want to take on a new task, it can be very intimidating to, you know, maybe you don't find clothes that fit you. Maybe you don't want to show up and, and try a new activity with people you don't know and you don't know how you're going to be received or like most women, maybe that ride is faster than you want to go. So there's no, there may not be a beginner ride offering. So there are a lot of things that can get in the way. Um, Mm -hmm. And I guess that's part of the charm of Black Girls Do Bike is that, you know, we want to remove those barriers and get you riding and then help you go from there. Yeah. And we talk, you know, we talk a lot about barriers, um, but I wanted to ask you the question kind of in reverse. Mm-hmm. Like, what are some of the things or are there ways that you see Black women being able to change the culture of cycling for the better? Oh, I hope so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I assume hope... so, but I thought yeah, I no, you. that's that's a good, that's a great question. Um, I'd have to think about it more, but I, I, I think just our general hopefully we're bringing our, our positivity. And I, I love black women because despite all the things against us, we, we seem to be extremely resilient. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I, I think all of us probably know other women who have been through it all and they're still, they still have smiles in their face and they're still looking out for other people's interests before their own. Um, and while that is not always healthy, um, that is, um, it's just awesome to see and, and unexplainable sometimes. And so just our, you know, our unique brand of, um, it could be fashion, it could be, you know, flair, it could be attitude. It could be, um, a host of other things we bring to the table. I I love when we show up at events, like we have our national meetup every year, Mm -hmm. um, and pandemic, uh, aside, we do an in-person, uh, meetup, we pick a city and we show up and, we show up at these, generally our, our meetup is centered around a ride that's already happening. So whether it's like, you know, Bike DC or um, Tour de Cure, some sort of ride um, and our ladies show up and I mean, bless them there, you know, generally it's like a hundred ladies from all over the country. They're excited to be there. Um, and, you know, they're at the start and they're just full of energy and um, bouncing energies, bouncing off of the, of each other. And, um, and everybody's, you know, we're rooting for everybody there, not just our group. And it's infectious. And you see people just smiling and happy. And so mm-hmm. I, I think I, if I had to pick something, it would be the energy that we bring and mm-hmm. where, where that comes from, um, wherever that comes from, it manifests itself anytime we're together. Mm-hmm. You're making me think of um there's a group and I, I'm a triathlete. I was a professional triathlete for many years. And there's a group in triathlon called fast chicks. Um, that's a group of black women. That's that's um, run by a friend of mine who's actually speaking at our performance summit. Um, oh, cool. And she sent us this video of her group dancing into the water, like when yeah. they were starting the race and that video went like she, she sent it to us. We shared it on our social and uh, 
and it went viral. Like, mm-hmm. we, I was like, this is amazing. Like, I, I want to be part of a group that dances their way. Yeah. Usually I'm just like so nervous and like trying not to pee my pants, you know? Like, <laughs> I just thought that was incredible. It sounds a lot like what you're yeah. describing. No, right. Like, it's the opposite of pee my pants energy. <laughs> yeah, like, um, exactly. Ex- excitement. Uh, we did the Trek 100 uh our last national meetup was in uh, Milwaukee and Trek invited us to the Trek 100. And, uh, and we, you know, it was, it was a great day. There were, there were storm clouds all day. So, you know, the race was, the ride was on and off and hit or miss. And um, at some point, one of our ladies just like walked to the finish line and just like hooting, hollering, yelling, like welcoming riders back in um, because most of them were like coming in like after lightning, you know, it was like, it was a little <laughs> terrifying. Um, and and then she was just one lady and then suddenly folks start joining her and, and I have video of it. I watch it every once in a while because it was really, really cool. But like her energy was completely um, contagious mm-hmm. and folks just start, you know, cheering, cheering everyone on and it, it became dancing and singing and other things <laughs> all wrapped into this moment. And, mm-hmm. um, and it made me smile. It still makes me smile uh, to this day. If we weren't on a podcast, your listeners would see that I'm, I'm grinning, yeah, but yeah. Um, I, I, like I said, it just, it just makes me smile. Mm-hmm. And that, that was, that was one of many moments, but that was one that stuck with me. Yeah. I'm grinning with you yeah. <laughs> with yeah. your description and I haven't even seen the video. <laughs> Um, okay, you've started a, a big, you know, successful organization for all accounts. Um, do you consider yourself an entrepreneur? Yes, um, I, 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 I don't consider this venture an entrepreneurial venture uh-huh. um, because it wasn't wasn't really started with that intention. But prior to Black Rose Bike, I certainly would call myself. Um, a serial entrepreneur, because even as a kid, I like, I would like buy candy bars wholesale and sell them at school. Right. I was that kid. Uh Yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm definitely business minded. My, my degree is in business. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I I would, I would give myself that title. Um, But it's funny because I would say I haven't had a successful business until black girls do bike. And I, I started black girls do bike out of, you know, a need and a desire to help others. So it's kind of, cool that it wasn't like my drive to make money that ended up creating something that in, will probably be the most successful, you know, business I've created. Yeah. Okay. I want to come back to that, but I do want to okay. ask what, what were some of your other projects? Ooh, um, I was crafty. So I used to make these like pens for, for ladies at church. And they were like, <laughs> they were like, half heads of women and then I would make, put hats on them and I would put <laughs> you know scarves on them and then so the the women were wearing these lady pins and mm-hmm. I made them in all shades and, and colors that would that was fun for a few years um what else did I do? I've, I've done reselling on the internet like I used to I used to buy things wholesale and then um and then resell them yeah yeah it was that's pure entrepreneurship right I've there. had a few business yeah I've had a few businesses over the years Amazing. Okay. And how do you find support um, for your current organization? Like, how does that, you said it was a successful business. How have you approached that? Yeah, I think, I don't know. It was really grassroots at at the beginning and it was just, I just wanted to break even because I knew that if we Mm. could get out there, you know, the imagery and have some cool gear that people 
could show up to to rides and and other people would see it. So there were a lot of years where it was just like, let's just get as much stuff out into the public ethos that we can Mm -hmm. so that people see, you know, and are inspired. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, and then over time, the support really came to me. I don't think I can take much credit for it, but because we were making such an impact mm-hmm. um, and our visuals were so good, hopefully. So professional. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, sure. that, that was yeah. the goal that the fake it till you make it, um, but always be professional. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so companies and sponsors and um, lots of other entities have found us through, through our, I guess, marketing for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you have, you have sponsors with your, we do. yeah, yeah, we've, uh, we've worked with several companies through the years, probably the ones, the most notable ones are uh, REI. We've been with them for about five years now and mm-hmm. uh, Trek for the last, well, since 2019, um, we have partnerships with USA Cycling. And then we've had, because our events usually we're giving away bikes and helmets and other things. Uh, we've had lots of companies who have become sponsors for those events mm-hmm. and, um, you know, provide it monetarily, but also in kind donations so that we can, um, you know, kind of celebrate what we've created. Mm-hmm. And then how do you tell the difference, say, between a company that's like maybe just trying to check a diversity box <laughs> yeah. and, and, and a company that's truly supportive? Yeah, that's another great question. I think I try to do my research. Um, you know, those initial conversations are always important where, you know, they're like, oh, we love what you're doing and we want to support you in this way. Um, and then, you know, the questions are, well, what else have you done? Uh, you know, because because we could mm-hmm. easily be used as a token. Um, oh, we have this connection with Black Girls Do Bike and that like somehow legitimizes our diversity and equity efforts. So mm-hmm. um, I think early on, I wasn't aware of of the game, if you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um and the game but has I've, changed the last couple of years. Right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I was just excited to, oh, this is a new way for us to get the word out about that we exist. But I think now mm-hmm. in the cycling world, a lot of people know we exist. So, okay. so at this point, you know, nine years in. Yeah. Um, so it is really important to me, especially the last few years, uh, to make quality contacts who are interested in supporting us, but maybe for more than one year, right? Sometimes you'll get those, those like, oh, let's, you know, we'll throw something at you and we'll publicly, you know, claim you, but there's no long-term support, which is important for an organization like this. Mm -hmm. Um, And and like I said, I always want to know what other efforts you're making, what other investments you're making to support, you know, bringing people of color into the industry, into the sport. And so that's, that's how I weed them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. you know, for me, like as an advocate for women, I sometimes wonder, like, does it matter if they're checking a diversity box? You know, like if, <clears throat> if we're getting yeah. an influx of cash or something like that, or if we're getting kits to help people, like it's a, it's really a tough question sometimes. Cause it's yeah. like, well, if they're going to support us, they're going to support us. Um, so it's sometimes like, it's just hard to find that line sometimes. That's true. Yeah. You, you don't always know. Sometimes you have to go with your gut. I've learned mm-hmm. to trust my gut a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's something you have to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also the ultimate goal is to get people, get women on bikes. And if it's helping move toward, you know, move the needle, right. you have to consider it. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. One of my friends said to me once, yeah, go ahead and tokenize me. That's, that's <laughs> totally fine because some, you know, some other little girl's going to see me and she's a triathlete and that's going to help. So, you know, right. I thought right. that was an interesting perspective. Yeah. Um, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Do you have personal cycling goals yourself or any, um, any fitness goals? Oh, I always have fitness goals. Um, <laughs> like most women, I think, um, I think my, my ultimate goal is to just be able to do what I love and not, and it not be a burden, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I would say I'm probably more of a casual rider than, than most of the women who are actually in our organization. But my goal has always been, my goal is, you know, to maintain my, my mental health and um, to maintain a level in, of endurance that allows me to keep up with my kids as I get older. Um, <laughs> my goals are, I've always had goals of losing weight. So that's always something I factor into, you know, mm-hmm. what type of exercise I choose. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I have, I also have goals of certain rides that I like to do, but most of those are tied to adventure more than, than fitness. Do you feel pressure as the leader <laughs> to like maintain a certain standard or as that? Yeah, that okay? no, no, you would think I would, but um, my personality is such that um, I don't, I don't generally uh, bend to outside pressure. Right. So that sounds wise. It's yeah, it's been, it's been a helpful trait to have, but, but I, I remember one time there were women who actually came to Pittsburgh to uh, support a ride that we have here called pedal Pittsburgh and, and I'm riding my bike around, you know, the, the tents and the, what do you call it? Wherever the ride started, the race start, start. And I'm wearing, you know, sneakers and a, and a t-shirt and they're like, you're not, you're not clipped in. And I'm like, Nope, I don't, I don't clip in. (laughs) And they were just completely shocked. And I remember hearing the one woman like whisper, like, well, she's not clipping and I don't have, like, she was a new writer and everybody was like, you need to, you need to clip in. And she was resisting it because it was, you know, uncomfortable. And so I thought that was funny that she said that. And then that, and that was the moment actually where I realized like, oh, people are paying attention to what I do because of, yeah. I think that's great. Like keeping it real, you know, (laughs) it's like, it's okay to show up at your sneakers and just go for a ride. Yeah. That's fine. I think we talk about a lot. Uh, you know, finding where you fit in and everyone who gets on a bike isn't trying to, you know, accomplish certain things. I think it's beautiful Mm -hmm. when, when we do, and we use the bike to accomplish goals, but, um, but everybody's goals are different. And I think respecting that is important too. Yeah. And do you have goals for black girls to bike? Like, where do you see that organization going in the next say five years? Yeah, I think, I think Black Girls Do Bike has the potential to do a whole lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of that's going to kind of depend on what kind of support we get over the next few years. But um, we are trying to expand to the point where we honor the girls and the Black Girls Do Bike a little bit more and and have programming for young girls. Mm. Um, Because we're so large, that may manifest itself in like, you know, a program that we can you know, use a template in certain cities and create these programs. It might be larger than that, but it's all the black girls do bike. To me, the girls was always like that inner girl that we all, you know, little girl that we Mm. have inside of us. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we encourage women to bring their daughters along and join us. And so I thought, I thought, man, it would be great to not only be a beacon for those little girls, but also like hold their hand and teach them things they need to know Mm -hmm. to become cyclists later in life. 
and then I have aspirations of um, working to start a race team, which I've actually been working on for a while now. Uh, and we have funding to do that. So we're mainly we're trying to find some women ambassadors who will represent Black Girls Dubai and race competitively. And we're going to you know, help them in any way that we can. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fantastic. Um, yeah. our, our goal here at Feisty is to create an empowering culture for active women. That's kind of how the language that we've, that we finally landed on. And I'm wondering if you have any advice for those of us who are trying to shift the culture and create a more inclusive space. Um, I think, I think what we've done is, is probably a good formula, which is to, you know, have those, have those events where women feel welcome and are able to, you know, participate without any hesitancy. So, Mm. um, you know, having the conversations, figuring out what's keeping us off the bikes or what's keeping us from, you know, reaching our full potential and then just setting it up so that failure is not an option. Mm -hmm. Uh, That probably sounds cliche, but um, I think we always have like a give back in our, in our organization where we fully expect you to show up no matter where you are in your journey, whether you're learning to ride or whether you're already, you know, racing competitively, but, but we don't want you to walk away. We want you to help the next woman and, and pull Mm -hmm. her up. And I think, I think that's the key. If you have those type of people around and you foster that type of environment where there's, there's help um, along the way, then I think, I think you'll fare, fare better. Yeah. It's like sending the elevator back down. I think it's the expression. Right. Um, yeah, love that. Um, okay, how do we follow you? How do we follow your videography, photography? Is there a place we can go? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> so Monica, my maiden name is Godfrey. So MonicaGodfrey.com okay. is my photography website. Um, I my videography is varied. I I do real estate videography. I also oh. do fashion stuff. So I, yeah. it's kind of a separate thing. Um, yeah. But but my photography will lead you to like my Instagram, which also Monica Godfrey photography uh, will show you a little bit of my photography and video work. Cool. That was kind of a personal thing because I never found that in, <laughs> in my research. <laughs> like, wait a no second. No problem. <laughs> um, and how do we follow Black Girls Do Bike? Sure. Yeah. Black Girls Do Bike. Uh, BlackGirlsDoBike.org is the website. Mm-hmm. And and then we're Black Girls Do Bike on all of the socials. I think mm-hmm. the only one that's a little different is Twitter because of restrictions. So there's no S in girls. So it's just Black Girls. No, I'm sorry. There's no I. It's Black Girls Do Bike without right. the I in girls. Right. Hopefully that doesn't confuse anyone. But if you search, <laughs> you'll find us. Fine. Is that because Twitter only allows a certain number of characters? Yeah, we were, on we were one letter too many. Um, <laughs> but if you go I. to our website, uh, all of our socials are linked directly from there. So you can't miss it. Right. Fantastic. Well, Monica, yeah. thank you so much. Um, sure. This has been really fun and interesting conversation. And I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for having me. This this has been great. So thank you. As we head into summer, rest and recovery are critical for improving sports performance, reducing stress, and living a long and healthy life. We should all invest in better sleep. 
So think about the thing you lay your head on for eight hours a night. If it's not exactly right for you, it can lead to needless tossing and turning, or worse, have you waking up with an unrelenting kink in your neck. My new Lagoon pillow has helped me improve my sleep immensely by pairing me with the performance pillow that has everything I need. So I personally was matched with the Otter pillow, shout out to Team Otter, which I love because it has a gentle cooling effect. And I was able to choose how much stuffing I wanted in it, which is super important to me because I'm doing a decent amount of CrossFit these days and my shoulders are kind of creaky. So having a pillow that is stuffed just to the right height keeps my neck and head in exactly the right position and comfortable for the entire night. And as of fall 2023, Lagoon launched their 100% mulberry silk pillowcases. It's cool to the touch, buttery soft, and great for your skin and hair. You've got to go check out this pillowcase if you want to feel great and look great every morning. Waking up for morning workouts has never felt better. I'm refreshed and pain-free thanks to my Lagoon pillow. To check it out for yourself, go to lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance and take the two-minute sleep quiz to find your perfect pillow match and then use the code PERFORMANCE for 15% off your first purchase. That's code PERFORMANCE at lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance, whole 15% off, and the link is in the show notes. You can just click through there. Endurance sports should be accessible to everyone, right? That's why we are so excited to be partnering with Motive. Motive is one of the fastest growing training apps in the world today with thousands of amateur athletes signing up every month and a nearly perfect 4.9 star rating in the app store. You are not a template and your training plan should not be either. Prepare for running races, triathlons, cycling events, duathlons, or swim runs, however your season schedule shapes up, and get training written by some of the best coaches in the world in each discipline who know what it takes to help amateur athletes reach their goal on race day. The app takes the training written by those experts and then creates the most optimal training plan for your schedule, abilities, and goals. Plus, the training is fully customized to your race schedule, how much you can train each week, your current abilities, and the goals you want to achieve in your race. You can use the app for free as long as you want or get all the upgraded features from the app for just $19.99 a month. But as a feisty listener, you can sign up at mymotive.com and use the code FEISTY for two months of full premium access. That's right, you get two months of premium for free. So you quite literally have nothing to lose. So head over to mymotive.com, M-Y-M-O-T-T-I-V.com and use the code FEISTY, F-E-I-S-T-Y. And on a personal note, I know the founder of Motive and he is driven to make triathlon and all endurance sports more accessible for the athletes who care about their performance, but who aren't quite ready for a full-time personal coach. If that sounds like you, definitely try the app for two months for free. You literally have nothing to lose.
for decades, running shoes have been researched, tested, and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are so excited to be working with Hedas. Hedas designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedas unlocks the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research, creates better shoes for women that support their longevity and performance, and establishes new design standards to promote transparency in a male-biased industry. Hedas have a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and to allow for female toe shape, a special kind of plate in the midsole to keep tired legs going, a narrow heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take the pressure off our Achilles, and a rounded instep to create a snug fit. Hedas has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've personally been running in the Alma Cruise and I love them. It's the shoe I always wanted and never knew I needed. The fit is perfect in every way. You can get your own pair of Hedas at Hedas.com and use the code FEISTY20 for 20% off. That's FEISTY20 at Hedas.com and it will all be in the show notes.